This is my This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. Hey, Angie. Hey, Trey. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. I am really excited to be doing this podcast with you. Our friendship relationship started right here, I think, in these in this exact same spot. Um, so what I do know about you is that from the first time that I met you, that you were focused, that you were relentless in going after it, whatever the steps, all of the hoops that you had to jump through, and now you're on the other side and you're helping women out of active addiction, you're serving, you're full of joy, you're amazing. Um, but I also know that life wasn't always that way for you. And you've got an incredible story. Well, yes, thank you, Trey. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here. Um, and I, I realize now that I, I do, you know, have a story to tell. Um, I uh, see. I was um, the oldest of three siblings, or uh, there's three of us. And um, I was born and raised in Peachtree City, Georgia. My father worked for Delta Airlines. Um, um, my mother is very mentally ill, always has been since I was young. Um, I basically raised my sister and brother. My mother was institutionalized most of my life. Um, what was her diagnosis? Paranoid schizophrenia with psychosis. Wow. And my brother and sister had it also. So, um, you know, I didn't have much of a childhood. You know, I went to school. Um, I was a cheerleader. I had a great mask on. That's when I learned to wear a mask. You know, we lived in a great house, but nobody really knew what was going on inside. Um, I, I'm telling this part of my story because I realize that my addiction the addiction to my pills was not the biggest problem for me. It was a symptom of the problem. And this is the first time I've spoken of this and really said it out loud. But um, um, during the time that my father was gone, or my mother was gone, I'm sorry, I will just say that my father was very inappropriate with me in many ways. And because of that, it, it's, I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I just assumed that's how you know, women were treated, which led into a lot of bad choices for relationships, marriages. Um, and um, that just beat me down, made me feel unworthy, made me feel, you know, uh, less than. Um, and I got my identity from from those types of relationships. Um, so that was deeply embedded in me before my addiction even started. Um, when I was 25 years old, um, I dove into a swimming pool and hit my head on the bottom, broke my neck, um, which, you know, I, I mean, I was paralyzed. I mean, they told me I would never walk, you know, um, all, all of these things. That is where the pill addiction came in. I had to have four different surgeries um, for them to, you know, restore the use of all my limbs and um, and a lot of physical therapy that went on with that. It was like a three-year process. Um, you know, and even in the beginning of that, um, I just, I, I believe what they said. You know, I just had kind of given up because they said, you know, you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you'll never walk, you'll never function. Um, and this was my 
this led into my first encounter with Jesus um, when I was in the hospital. Um, I was just laying there looking up at the ceiling. I didn't have any visitors or anything. But there was this, I assume it was a lady, because it was a lady's voice. I really couldn't look from side to side. But um, that would come in every day and read the Bible to me. Wow. She didn't touch me. She didn't, you know, I never saw her, but she would read. And and she would pray. And this went on, you know, for a while. And when I finally started to, you know, um, to get better, started being able to really do the physical therapy, I asked the nurses, I said, you know, please go get the woman that was coming into my room that was reading to me and praying with me. Um, you know, I want to thank her. I want to meet her. And they said, Angie, no one ever came into your room. Um, they swore. But I heard a voice. I heard the words of the Lord, and I felt a presence, you know. And so, although, you know, all of those things happened, that was the beginning of my journey. Because up until, that is when the addiction got really bad. You know, that's when it started. Um, I became physically disabled. Um, I went to the same pain management doctor um, for 20 years. Um, he kept telling me, you know, you're, it's, it's going to get worse. You're, you know, there's no medical reason that you're walking, that you're functioning. You know, eventually your spinal cord's going to sever and just all of these things. So it started me out with, um, oh, and let me just say this. I never thought that I was an addict. I mean, I wasn't like these other people. This was my prescribed medication. If I didn't need it, the doctor wouldn't have given it to me is what I would tell myself. Yeah. You know? So it's, and, and, but, and you trust the doctors. They come in in their white coats. They're there to help you. And I trusted them. I never questioned anything. Right. And um, it came in Percocet. Okay, that's fine. That didn't work anymore. I would tell him. He wouldn't remove the Percocet, but then he would add Oxy. That happened. Then it went up to I would to Dilaudid, to fentanyl, to methadone. Um, then they added Xanax and Valium and all of these things from the same doctor filled by the same pharmacist. No one ever said, you know, this is what could happen to you. And they they literally took me to addiction and then into chemical dependence to the point. You know, I mean, you wouldn't even know I was walking around like that. I was just as normal, but if I didn't have it, you know, it just became, it was part of, I couldn't function without it at all. Um, I did go into many detoxes, um, and I would just go in just thinking, well, I'll just lower my, I'll just lower my threshold so I can go back to taking what I was, because that's my medication. You know, it was just, that was my mentality of it. Um, and, uh you know, and that's that's the one thing that I, I really want to push across is that, and this makes me no different. I've never done street drugs. I wouldn't know how to do them. But going, when you go to a doctor, you need to question everything. You need to ask them. You need to be aware. You need to understand um, because um, it's, it's the exact same thing, you know, and, and you have to advocate for yourself and be very aware of that. Um, but you know, then to, to get back to it. Um, so, you know, that went on for about 20 years and with no success. I just, you know, five, 10 days in detox wasn't going to undo 20 years. 
Well, so then, um, let's see, um, Christmas of 2019, um, and I told you my, my family are all addicts, alcoholics, and, and, um, well, basically they were all killed. They, they died all on Christmas of 2019, um, all but me, you know, and, um, I just kind of went into shock mode, you know. What happened? Um, well, it was Christmas day, it was Christmas day and they were killed by a truck in the car and they were coming. Yeah. They, they were just, it's kind of, I don't want to start crying, but, um, well, and my mother's still alive, but she's just very mentally, I still have my aunt who you met. Um, I have two of my aunts and, um, the rest of my family's gone. So at that point, um, I started drinking with everything, um, blacking out. Um, you know, I just, I took to the couch. I stayed there. I didn't eat. I didn't drink anything. This went on for about six months. Um, this would be in, in 2020 and is when I came here. So from about January to August, I, I just, I, or the beginning of September, I just, I just laid on the couch. I couldn't do anything. They said I was in like a, a, a catatonic coma or something. I mean, nothing. Well, and then the last thing, I mean, what actually brought me to good landing was, um, you know, and I've never t- told anyone this, but, and it's like, I'm showing you, but it's right there. Um, I just remember praying. I remember being very mad at God and just saying, you know, why did you take them home? Why did you leave me here all alone? Like, why? You know, um, I didn't realize that God had me and walked me through all of those situations for a reason, for my purpose. I didn't feel like I had a purpose, Trey. I mean, I felt like, I mean, it's it's too late for me. My life is over. Like, what do I have to give? All my dreams are gone, and now everybody's gone. And um, I had, I took an overdose of Xanax, and I just prayed and I said, "Please forgive me." You know, I just, I just, I just want the pain to stop. But I woke up. So then I went into the back room, and I barely remember doing it, but I slit my wrist from, well, from wrist to elbow. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't call anyone. And this was another profound thing, like what happened in the hospital. Um, I hit an artery, and they said I, I, I completely bled out, or, or as much as I could, but because I was so dehydrated, I couldn't bleed completely out. And I called 911 on my own. And when they got there, I coded, but not before, because I was in there by myself. And I lay there for 45 minutes and I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm looking up at God, I'm going to thank you. Why are you leaving me here? You know, I've laid there and I thought, well, I guess I better call for help because what am I going to do? And when they got there, I coded. And I see now that, that, that all of that was God, wow. you know, and that's, um, that's what brought me to good landing. That, that was the last time I was in that apartment. And, you know, and so, you know, saying all of that, what is most important to me is, yes, that's how I got here, but is what God has revealed to me since I've been here and how he's changed my life and how he has blessed me, you know, with, with true revelation, true identity. And it's, I knew when I walked in here, I knew when I walked in here, when my aunt brought me and we sat down, I was like, it's not going to work. 
you know, like nothing's going to work. But I knew right when I met you, I knew when I walked in, I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I knew, I said, this is my time. Like, this is really my time. Wow. And it's going to be okay. Um, you know, I had um, I'd said, I'm just coming for 30 days. That's all I'm going to do. And then 30 days got here. And I said, okay, I want to come home. She's like, no, you can't come home. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So then after like 60 days, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm, it's getting close to me for me to graduate. I started panicking because at that point, I started realizing that the pills weren't my biggest problem. They numbed me physically in the beginning, but then I realized they numbed me emotionally, okay? And I was like, well, why do I? So all of this that I've shared with you, I was numbing that, not to feel with it, not to deal with it. So it had just started, you know, it had started. I mean, and, and the therapist pulled me, pulled it out of me, but I sat on the in uh, every group I was on the front row, I pressed in. I went to groups I didn't have to go to. I mean, I just stayed right there and just let it unfold, which kept me in sober living, which, you know, I just kept working on it and working on it. And um, and I, I still work on it. Still, you know, things, you know, come up. But, um, but it's just, um, you know, with all of that broken identity and not understanding, I can now, it's such... A joy to be able to not say, God, why did you leave me here? Why, like for what reason to suffer? And look back and see that he was preparing me for this season of my life to turn my brokenness into purpose, to be able to speak life into others, to share my story. And it's very diverse in many ways that a lot of people don't know. Um, And I did want to share my story so that I'm approachable to anyone that feels like they need an ear or needs um, just someone, some advice or, or what have you. Um, I've just a lot of things that I've never said out loud before. Um, and, you know, I've, I got my, I've got 13 months sober. Come on. Yes, absolutely. I never thought I would have 13 minutes, let, I mean, yeah. 13 months. And, um, and now I'm working here loving it um still in shock that i can keep up with you know i'm not saying i'm old but with the youngins you know <laughs> they're just younger than me but um just and knowing that um i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be and you know and and, and the greatest thing too is that um i have a family now like y'all are my family you know this is my home and um yeah i mean there's so much more i could say i mean i just this is incredible. I mean, just, just to hear it from, from this side and the backstory that I was unaware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew, you know, like you said in the beginning of that, that you had a prescription. Mm-hmm. If, if the doctors said it, then it must be true. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times that becomes a big obstacle when people can, I mean, you could go back right now and get a prescription for anything that you want. Mm-hmm. And yet you, you have chosen to go the way of, of, I'm sure suffering at times of where it's inconvenient and, and have walked this out and have stayed here in this place. I, I just can't say enough um, that I know it's God. I know it's God's grace, but I can also tell you how many people that have had similar opportunities, but that chose to go back to that other way that, that the, the easier way and circumvented the process and, and ended up paying a price for it. So just to have you here, to be a part of the family, to be a part of this team, to watch you. I mean, every time I see you, I mean, you are just grinding, just doing whatever it takes and driving people, serving people. 
Um, and, um, you know, I mean, it's just, um, it, it, it really is remarkable. Um, let's finish with this. Okay. So a lot of women are probably on the front end of this journey. What are some things as far as, is, you know, mindset, um, you know, key points that you would say, okay, here's some information to really help somebody's framework so that they can be successful like you are? Well, I think I can share what worked for me, and that is um, when I when I got here, um, I thought I knew everything. I mean, I could out speak the therapist. I could, I mean, everything in my head. I talked so good, you know, and 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 I just I would take no advice. I would not relinquish control, and I would not surrender to the process. I mean, and one of the therapists one night said, so how's that been working for you so far? And I just, I had to really think about that for a little. First, I was like very offended, yeah. you know, um, and I got to think about that, and I, I was like, um, well, not so good, not really that good. <laughs> so um, I would say that... Um, I don't ever want to hear another podcast from anyone saying that they've been going through this for 20 years because it doesn't have to happen that way. Um, You know, it, you don't, you need to relinquish control. I hit your knees in the morning that start your day off with the Lord. And if you have, if you have something happening, a problem, Yes, the community here is for you to to support you and to have your back, but go to God first. Give it to him and ask him. Um, I never did those things. You know, I relied on people. I relied on their advice. But when I started having real breakthroughs, when I would take it to the Lord, and then the right people would come up to me and be vessels for the Lord and speak the right things to me. You know, listen, you know, focus in these groups, even if it's on Zoom right now. I know it's not as intimate and it's harder, but I mean, you may feel like it's mundane. You may feel like I was the same thing over and over and over, but I still sit in on groups after 13 months. Every chance I get, I listen to them with my women, um, and I still learn, you know, things. And, you know, just, um, it's it's the old AA saying, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And I can promise you this, it doesn't get any better. It only gets worse. And you just, um, just like you say, get it just do it and get it done because there is no look good landing was the only place that i got it and i can't imagine um if you can't get it you know here with everything you know that that is offered here and just to make the most of this opportunity because if it worked for me it can work for anybody that is so good Mm -hmm. staying hungry going after it Mm -hmm. um yeah I, i just can't say enough about you Thank you for sharing your story, all Thank that you've you. been through, your pain. Um, I know that's not easy to uh, to put that out there, but I just want you to know that the feeling is mutual. And um, I mean, I feel so, so incredibly blessed to have you Aww. as a part of this organization. Thank you, Trey. Good, thanks. Okay. All right, let's do it again soon. All right. Okay.
Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.